0: Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the News Radio 1510 WLAC, and you're listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. This morning, I have Mr. Chris Corvo, the title guru from Midtown Title, with us. How are you today? Hey, I am fantastic. How are you, Mike? Outstanding, man. I am ready to go, man. It's been a All awake, alert over there? Man, I don't know how. It's been a crazy week, man. I'm just like I feel tired and kind of like worn out, I man. It's it's just been weird this week. I don't know why. That's because it's your first full week back after vacation. No, man. It's, it's yeah, that's sucked. exactly what
1: it is. <laughs> you forgot what it's like to work.
0: What, I, well, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> well, I'm just saying
2: anybody takes a week off, and then you come you back, it's going to be a long week.
0: It's always a week off, man.
2: Man, I always need a break from vacation when I go on vacation. You ain't
0: kidding, man. A week off always, man. Mm-hmm. You need, a, you need a, like a week to recover from the week off.
2: Yes, I know.
0: <laughs>
2: A vacation from vacation, so maybe oh we can God. figure out how to get that done.
0: Yes, yes, yes. We can figure that, man. Oh man, be doing good. We be doing outstanding. Yes, yes, man. We've got an outstanding show this week. But if you missed last week's, check us out on the uh, online out of MoneyManMike.net or on Facebook at uh, Money man Mike Radio. Because last week you missed the show. We were talking about three questions you need to ask before you buy your dream home. Sounds like a crazy topic, but yet some three simple questions you need to ask yourself before you dry, before you buy your dream home. And then we talked about renovation loans. You know, what if you were looking at a house that's not exactly, you know, ideally what you want? The kitchen might need some, you know, touching up or completely gutted or the master bedroom needs, you know, overhauling or whatever you want to add on to the house to add a new master bedroom or whatever you want to do. Renovation loans is a way you can do some, you know, some touch up and additions to the whole uh, uh, the house and make it the way you guys want it instead of uh, accepting the house as it is. So check that out online again, MoneyManMike.net, or out on Facebook at MoneyManMike Radio. And then um, this week we're going to get into some cool things and we're going to jump right into this really cool talk we haven't talked about in a while is buying versus renting. And you know, there's been some crazy topics out on the media lately, and I'm not going to bash any specific network or anything, but there's this one where they're talking about how renting is more favorable than buying a home. And it's, I, I, mean, I can see that in some circumstances, some situations yeah. that might
2: apply, but to make a blanket statement like that, and I think is... Is crazy. is crazy, crazy, because yeah. not everybody's I mean, if you have an 18-year-old kid who just got out of high school, and he's just starting his job at, I don't know, Lowe's or Home Depot, should he be buying a house?
0: Probably not. No, I mean, the but, initial upfront cost, yeah, it's cheaper to, to rent.
2: But if you're talking about a family, or, or even somebody who's got a job or income, or, or, or s- just a steady lifestyle, it's crazy to not do that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. I mean, you, we were talking about the, the rental numbers before the show, and what was the rent a couple years ago here in Nashville? Well, we
2: were just talking about it because we're just we were kind of making a joke. Jimmy was was kicking in about this about what rent was. He saw some advertisement or something. I was like, well, let me just tell you really what rent is here. <laughs> and uh, so in June of, uh, June of June of two thousand and seventeen. Um, we were the average rent in Nashville for a one bedroom was one thousand two hundred and sixty six dollars, and the average rent for a two bedroom was one thousand five hundred and sixty three dollars, um, which was. Uh, a very, I was actually surprised by how high that number was, and I was like, "Well, I wonder what it was just a couple of years ago." Right, and even as short as like two years ago, July 2015. Now remember, we already said the two bedroom was uh, fifteen sixty three, and we go down to July this year; it was twelve sixty nine. So it's a two hundred dollar yes. increase. Doesn't sound like a lot. But that's twenty four hundred dollars yes. a, a year right yes. there, uh, just in a short increase. So yes. Uh, you rent is only getting more and more expensive Absolutely, to do that yeah. but uh some of the other topics on here were really cool i wanted to see if you could guess where the highest rent uh, for neighborhoods was in nashville highest uh, rent average the, the nashville the highest rent by neighborhood uh there's several di- lists about 20 different neighborhoods in here so jt
0: uh, i'll give you first crack at this one
2: there's, I'm, you know, I'm just going to – I don't really know what to guess. I'm going to guess the neighborhood we're in right here, Music Row. Uh, I, Yeah, it doesn't really say Music Row, but I think that falls underneath. Uh, the number one was East End, uh, which is towards the river, really? downtown, Sobro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The average rent there is $2,400, uh, Green Hills. I was going to say that. What about the 12th South? And then Germantown would be number three. Wow. Uh, Hillsboro, West End. Uh, the stadium area, and then number five, believe it or not, is Melrose. All right, Melrose. but Berry Hill, right yeah. now, they're building a ton of apartments down on Berry in Berry Hill yeah. right now to do that. So, that being said, there's a you know it's a, the rent is just is going up, going yeah. up, going up, going up. So, yeah, I think the affordability factor is huge. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy made a funny comment. He goes, "I don't think I've ever paid that much rent ever in my <laughs> life." oh no. i paid I mean, mortgage or rent. I think I may have paid nine hundred. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that just, being said,
1: it, and, I, and that explains why I live 20 miles outside of downtown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all right, though, man. I mean, if you're renting, though, what I mean, it's just I, I, it's hard for me to understand it, but yet, I guess I get it. And you, we've got these charts in front of us, and it's, it's.
2: We had a great chart that talked about renting versus buying, and uh, just about gain depreciation and equity, just in payments. Because I use this statement all the time, and I tell people when we talk about rent, and not everybody should own a house. No, I've already said that. Uh, You know, not everybody should own a house, but you know, you're making a house payment if you're paying rent. You are making a house payment. Absolutely, You're making the landlord's house payment. Uh Um, So who's getting the benefit of that? It is the landlord who's getting the benefit of that equity that you're paying for the landlord at that point in time. So don't ever think you're not making that house payment to somebody to do that. And uh, so there's no reason in this market in Nashville to not take take advantage of the equity.
1: Let's go long term
2: for a second. Think about it.
1: In in a few years, whether it be 15 or 30, it's going to be paid for. And then guess what? No mortgage, no rent. You no. get to put that money in that savings account so you can become wealthy at some point in your life.
0: And that's what these charts, you, you're going to need to check these Check these out online. We'll post the show in a, in a week and check it out online. But, man, these charts will show you the benefits of that. And you can see where your payment as a homeowner stays consistent, steady across this chart, whereas your rent, you know it's going to go up. And Chris just stated it. I mean, you can see and you can hear and you can Google it and see the rent going up. But yet, you know, why people continue to rent and continue to pay more year after year in rent when they could have that steady locked-in mortgage payment. I, I don't understand that, but
2: well, in this case in Nashville it's 100 bucks a month. I mean 100 bucks a year. A year going up. So imagine 10 years, you rent's $1, a yeah. $1000 more.
0: Hey, we got to jump out to this break. When we come back, we're going to talk about three ways you can benefit and gain money through home ownership. Listen to the Money Man Mike show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. Been talking about buying versus renting, and you know we were getting into the numbers, and we really don't want to get into deep numbers because you know it's it's hard to really kind of absorb numbers when you're listening to something without being able to see it. But all this stuff will be posted to where you can go see it online at MoneyManMike.net, or right on Facebook at MoneyManMike Radio. But think about it this way: when you're buying a home. You have three ways to gain on the the asset itself. One is the appreciation of the asset you're buying. And everybody knows the values in Nashville are going through the roof. I mean, just use...
2: Well, right now, yeah, I actually have that? I have a, sure. a, a, a article in front of me that this showed that the Greater Nashville Association of Realtors put out this week that said that uh, from July of 16 to July of 17, there's been an increase of 5.5%.
0: Yeah. And that's just the, the July from 2016 to July to 2017. So that's the Greater Nashville Association of Realtors. And I have plugged into our numbers... A factor of four percent so, less so way way lower than what we're experiencing here in Nashville and I'm using a purchase price of225 thousand dollars. Which is still less than what the Greater Nashville Association of Realtors are saying. The median price is here in Nashville, which is two. Which well, you is plugged it? in two seventy-five. Oh, you've got a different. We've got different numbers over there. Yeah,
2: but the Greater Nashville Association of Realtors states that the median uh, household, uh, the, the median pricing for housing is two eighty-eight, two forty-three. Okay, which is an odd number anyway. So let's right. just say it's two eighty-eight. But you plugged in two seventy-five. Right. Right. Okay. So still really, really close.
0: Right. So the gain through the gain through appreciation though. You're going to turn around and you're going to see approximately ninety-five thousand, two hundred forty-five thousand dollars over a nine-year period for just a factor of four percent appreciation on a two hundred twenty-five thousand-dollar purchase price. And then, if you were to bump it up to a two hundred and seventy-five thousand-dollar purchase price, so if you go a little bit higher. Chris has that charted. It's one hundred and sixteen thousand. One hundred and sixteen. The appreciation is about one hundred and sixteen thousand. So you can see that you know if, whether you're on a, the lower end of two hundred twenty five, two hundred twenty five thousand, or on the upper end of 200, $275,000, just to get a little bit of a range of the lower end of two hundred or the upper end of two hundred, you're still a good hundred thousand dollar. Well, we went
2: back to our last conversation too about how rents increasing. You know, maybe a hundred bucks a year for a lot, these, a lot of these properties. You know, over a nine year period, at that point in time, I mean that's a that's a substantial. Uh, it's 100 a hundred bucks a month, basically, yeah. is what we said. So that's from uh, just from a pure number standpoint. At that point in time, your your equity is already gaining from what you're paying for rent, even even more. Yeah, yeah. most of the times when you renew a lease, what's the
1: the rent do? It goes, it goes up, goes up. Exactly. every time.
0: And And you made a point earlier, Jimmy, about when you're, you, when, you're, when you have a mortgage, your mortgage payment stays the same. It stays consistent
1: mm-hmm.
0: Whereas just like you said now, your landlord makes that mortgage, makes that rental payment go up. So when you look at these charts and you see that constant mortgage payment going consistent across the board, but yet your landlord's raising your rent payment up, you're just losing all the way around. So then, when you turn around and look through the amortization, and you look at this chart, and I always love to say, when um, you're making your mortgage payment, and you're striking that check to your landlord, and as Chris said earlier, you're making a mortgage payment whether you're renting or you're owning. When you hand that check over to that mor- to that landlord, whether it's fifteen hundred bucks, twelve hundred bucks, two grand, it doesn't matter. You're making that mortgage payment. And you don't get any of that money back when you own your own house through the amortization of that. Instead of you handing over that full amount to that landlord, when you own the house, some of that money is coming out of your right pocket and you're putting some of that money into your left pocket because only some of that payment is going towards the interest. Some of that payment's going towards the principal and you're paying down your mortgage, you're paying down what you owe on that house and you're building your equity into your property. Does that yeah. make sense?
2: Yeah. But let me give you a, a reverse scenario on that too, just to solidify your your train of thought here is a good friend of mine's got a house that he owned. He recently got married and he bought a new house with his new wife. And so he decided he was going to rent his house in, in the Antioch area. So his payments not changed on that house. It's okay. like 800 bucks a month. He's been there. He's had it for 10, 12 years or whatever it is. And so his first year. He rented it. It was like $1,300, $1,400 $1,300, $1,400 a month rent. Then the management company says, okay, we're in year two now. Guess what? Rents in Nashville are going up. So we're going to increase the <laughs> rent another $250 a month yeah. to do that. So now the rent's like $1,700 a month or whatever it is. But guess what? His payment's not changed no, any to, the, to the lender. Mm-hmm. His has stayed the same. So he's going, heck yeah, I'm going to put another $250 a month in my pocket just because the market has constituted and allowed for that. So all they do is push that off on the client. It's not like the, he's had any more increased nope. expenses at that point in time not to mention he wanted to he could pay it off a lot quicker
1: heck yeah yeah
2: so uh so at that point in time he's just increasing how much money's going into his pocket so it, it's it, rent doesn't increase because somebody's debt loads increased it's mm. increased just because that's what the market demands for
0: yeah yeah I mean it's it's if you don't understand the amortization, how it works, Google it. I mean, it's incredible.
2: But there's also tax write-offs, right? When people have oh, a gosh, loan, yeah. a mortgage loan, if you're filing your income tax, there's there's tax write-offs, tax benefits you get, right?
0: Absolutely. And it all is based on your tax bracket. And when you take and look at all of these three, the gain through appreciation, the equity through amortization, and the tax adjustments, on just a, a $225,000 purchase over a nine-year period of time, you're talking about a gain of $180,000 of being a home ownership, I mean, being a homeowner of $180,000. And if you turn around and look at a house that's slightly higher priced at $227,000, you are talking nearly- 75,
2: it's yes, almost 210000
0: Yeah. I mean, so you, you're talking a serious amount of money by being a homeowner, whereas if you're renting, you got nothing.
2: No uh, other than increased expenses at that point in time. Yeah. so but I mean owning a home is uh, there's a ton of benefits to doing that and we can just keep harping on. I realize that and realize that and realize that. but I mean as people's savings may be going down over time, this is a free built built-in savings account oh, for, absolutely. Some, for people. And, and how about yeah. the loan rates?
1: I mean, they're historically low, but for like have they been low for a long time, Mike?
0: Yeah, they've been low for several several years.
2: I mean, now's the time. Jump in. Well, the other thing, you know, just being devil's advocate here, there's two things that could cause your house payment to increase. That could be your property taxes go up. Yeah, true. And that could be your insurance go up. Mm -hmm. So, although your payment to the lender would stay the same if you had a fixed rate loan, there are instances where your payment could go up with the lender, uh, but- you know, the lender has no control over what your insurance does, and they have no control over what the property taxes do. Usually, those are minimal increases say, that minimal. happen at that point in time. But I don't want to come across and say your mortgage payment never ever ever increases. It would still uh, be cheaper you than that. your rent increase. Oh, sure, 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 it does. So uh, to do that, but uh, but just wanted to point those two items out that that would happen. Yeah, And that could happen over time.
0: Yeah, that be one thing. Mike and Chris said your my rent my my mortgage payment would never go up. I know. Nope.
2: Hey, Never. just just throwing it out there, but these uh, these numbers, just they don't lie. Okay, anything you read on the internet can't always be the truth, but numbers don't lie, and that's what I love about this this graph that you have here. And the and it just breaks it down real simple for people to be able to see that hey, there is a huge tangible benefit for owning property, and and yeah, you have to make your payment to the bank, but you're gonna make your, you're gonna live somewhere. Yeah. So why not get the benefit of that for yourself instead of giving somebody else that benefit?
0: Yeah, I mean it's either building somebody else's net equity or you can have your own force savings plan and building your own net, net equity and you know building your own nest egg and I mean why not build your own I mean yeah it's going to take a little bit to get started into it you're going to have to come up with a down payment and get it going. And yes, you're going to have some maintenance with it and stuff like that that goes along with it. But man, would you always say, you know,
2: there's all kinds of programs out there, ones that don't even require down payments. <laughs> no. So, I mean, you know, don't even let that be a hurdle.
0: No, we'll get into that in our next segment because, I mean, there's tons of 100% down programs. I mean, 100% down, 0% down programs. 100% down (laughs) orcs. I like that program. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. But yeah, we'll get into that here in a minute uh, when we come back from the break. And then we're going to jump into um, 20 tips to prepare your house for sale. 20? 20. Okay. Uh, 20
2: tips. I got to remember all 20. That'd
0: be a test at the end of the show. I'll probably fail you got it, man. Been listening to the Money Man Mike show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike show where we talk all things over real estate. I got to show
2: my age here for a second. Oh, come on with it. I was just thinking when this song came on, I remember leading up to 1999 listening to this song thinking, <laughs> the oh man, I know now we're almost eight or 17 and a half years past that date. So yeah, it's cause, like- Because back then I was like, what is that?
1: Like 18 years from now? I uh,
2: know. And here we are like a long ways yeah, past know. that date. Y2K happened to everything. Yes. So, uh, hey, if you want to make a millennial laugh- Talk
1: to them about Y2K. They don't have yeah. a clue. No, I mean, because we thought, oh, planes are going to fall out of the sky. ATMs aren't going to work. Yeah. You're never going to get gas. And they're like, what? Yeah. was wrong with you people? Y'all
2: yeah, remember y'all seen that joke where it had cars with stick shifts, a stick shift automobile. Yeah. And it said it was a millennial uh, anti-theft device. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was just, as soon as that song played, I thought. I thought about YTK, thinking, yeah, I remember leading up to that. So, uh, and here we are, way
1: beyond that. Speaking of the theft device, one more real quick. Have you seen the one where it's got the little uh, knob that's on the floorboard? You know, when you would brighten or dim your lights. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the
1: millennials
2: don't know what that is either. (laughs) Yes, that was on uh, my. I remember my granddad had a car like that, and. He always played, I was long, he'd play a joke, young, he'd play a joke with me. He said, You can just touch the steering wheel and the lights go off and on. I'm <laughs> like, What? And, uh, he had his foot down there just a tap in that thing, you yeah, know? That's funny. So oh, that is funny. You remember though the gas caps in the back where you have to fold the license plate down and, oh, yeah. and turn yeah. those on? They were hidden back there. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, ingenuity at its finest right there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't have that kind of stuff nowadays.
0: No, man. I'd forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I'd forgot
2: about that. The leaded that. gas and yeah. uh, folding that folding that. I remember when I was a kid. I was having to have to force it down, you know, because it seemed really heavy. <laughs> oh, it oh. was really heavy. <laughs>
1: <Some> <laughs> you had to put Siri a lot of
2: yeah of psi on that thing <laughs> going back. So, but yeah, oh. pretty pretty funny stuff right there. So, man, I'm completely interrupted. I was about you. To I'm say, so how sorry. How am I supposed
0: to follow that up, man? So,
2: uh, well, we're talking about how we're gonna get these people's houses sold so they can get a nice car like that.
0: Oh man, that that's a a classic, brother.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So we we're talking at break about. Some things people can do to help get their house sold. And uh I think you got a few good points there that maybe people don't think about. We had a list of twenty, but I think we're gonna pare this down to some things that maybe maybe you just don't think about to uh to do.
0: Yeah, because to go through all twenty, it's gonna we well, don't I have to do that. I think it's much a time.
2: foregone conclusion that you gotta clean your house and Yeah, I
0: mean there's there's quite a few things in here like your garage. Everyone knows to do that and clean your windows and all that good stuff. But you know, what about removing your lawn ornaments? Yeah,
2: why would that be a big deal? I mean who wants to see pink flamingos?
1: I mean, I like my gnome. What, you what's like wrong your gnome out there? My gnome is cool.
2: I uh, know, but it could ward people off, so uh, that they're afraid of it or something. So yeah, not everybody
0: uh, wants to see that.
2: No, I know. So yeah, lawn ornaments and stuff like that. Big, you maybe you got a Alabama fan and. Why's going it got to be a, Alabama? Going, going to some guy that owns an Auburn, it's an Auburn fan. Why's it he's it got to be a, Auburn? He's got a big, uh, because those two people don't like each other very much. You know he says that when uh, Andrew's not here. I'd say it when she was here. <laughs> so, uh, you, Alabama fan, walk up and there's all this Auburn memorabilia sure. laying around the house. Very true. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to be like, man, I ain't going in this house.
0: That is an absolute perfect example. So, uh, Or maybe you have a phobia against gnomes. I mean, yes, yeah. yes. We joke about it, but I mean, that's legit. I mean people I
2: remember there was a commercial out there one time it was like doobie doobie doo and it was like this thing, this gnome thing was like out there like staring at you or something. So give you the creeps. You got you really got gnomes at your house, Jimmy? No. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna get you to take a selfie with one of them. Come on, and yeah, put dude.
1: it on the website there. I might, I might have to get one now. Yeah, I know. So we can
2: post that on the Money Man Mike Facebook show, uh, page right there. Jimmy and his gnomes though to do that so yeah so just kind of unpersonalizing it i think kind of is hand in hand you think about that inside the house but maybe not always on the outside very true like i have a i have a sign on my pool area back there that says um uh drinking mandatory clothing optional probably one i probably need (laughs) to need to take down if i'm going to sell my house because it's a funny joke to me but somebody
0: might find that really offensive exactly and then another one would be power washing any outdoor surfaces to give them a like new feel. Anything like siding, sidewalks, driveways, et cetera.
2: You know, I did that at my house uh, this year. I had my, I power washed my, I, had, I didn't do it. I had somebody come power wash, scrub my driveway. Yeah. And so my neighbor comes over and says, I see him, I was coming home one day and he was had his arms folded, staring at it, and he was like, <laughs> thanks for making my house look old. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's, it, I can't it's believe amazing. how much of a difference and how little the cost was to have this guy. It's like a thing you see where they polished the floors and they they run it up and down my driveway, and it it took them about an hour and it looks brand new. And my neighbors, who's who's we you know we've been out there seven or eight nine years now, it looks like it's been there seven or eight or nine years. So mm-hmm. it was a tremendous difference in appearance.
0: Is it, what is it, oxidation? Or what, what is it? Well, it's just
2: mold. It? It's just, I mean, on concrete, it's just grime that gets in there and, and, and dirt and stuff like that caked in. But it's, I mean, you could get a pressure washer yourself yeah. and do it. I mean, I've got a long driveway, but I mean, most people's houses don't have very long driveways. But, but It goes would, from
0: white to like black.
2: Yeah, back, I know. Back to white, but I mean, mine mine was pearly white. By the time yeah. the guy got done with it, my neighbor was giving me the stink eye because <laughs> mine looked a whole lot better than his. Okay,
0: <laughs> he's like, "God dang you, Chris!" Uh, no, he was like, "Now I'm going to have to do it." Mm-hmm. So Corvo, Ugh. Another one would be give every room a purpose.
2: Yeah, so sometimes you know, some people's houses, I think, they just have that room that's kind of the jack of all trades, or maybe just stuff goes in it, or they don't really know what to do with it. So, you know, I know if I, I'm a visual person by nature, which means I have to see it kind of to get it. Right. And so if I walk into somewhere, I've, that's why model homes are decorated the way they are with Absolutely, builders. David man. Lukey talks about that all the time. He's got his, his he's got it all yeah. decorated to the hilt because people have to. Most people have to see that mm-hmm. to understand it mm-hmm. and present it to them. Yeah, it's a presentation so you know maybe that formal dining room you don't that you use as your office or an extra plus space that you can watch you watch tv because the other tv's taken it may not be the purpose for it right um so you have to set it up to show people the yeah. uh the benefits of your house
0: show them the versatility the options just give them, show them you know, I like i got a friend
2: who's got you know the him and his wife are retired and and so they use their formal dining room they have a tv set up in there and a tv in the living room because when they want to watch different things they just go in different rooms right. and Watch different things but I mean, that's not what it's for
0: how many people use a formal dining room these days
2: uh i know i have one and yeah. i can't I, I don't ever go yeah. on it. so yeah i'm waiting for it to come back around and be popular again
0: uh turn yeah. it into a man cave there you go although it's not exactly positioned very well from
2: no a it's really, it, is, it is tough positioning so
0: uh fix anything that is broken which kind of seems like the obvious, but Jimmy, you had a very good example of this. I had a
1: house, lived there seven years, and had a garbage disposal. Never worked when I first got there. When I went to sell it, guess what I had to
2: do? It's, I had to replace mm-hmm. it, and, hey, I, Murphy's and I never a, used it. Yep. Murphy's Law is that's the first thing somebody's going to touch when they <laughs> oh, go yeah. in that house. Is, oh, look, it's got a dishwasher. I mean, uh, the garbage disposal. All right, don't work. Don't work, and then you're out. You know, I— We've been in our house, like I said, about eight, nine years now, and my sliding glass door, the the lock doesn't work real well.
0: And you just it. kind of accepted it, probably.
2: And yeah, I put the pole down there. Exactly. You know, because the, the old school pole yep. that you can't get in, but mm-hmm. if I was going to sell my house... I would have to fix that mm-hmm. to do that and but for me it's not a big deal. Right. But for somebody else who was going to buy it, they would probably be like, "Oh man, look look at look at this. This thing ain't working. What else ain't working?" Mm-hmm. You just
1: have to ask yourself if I was that person looking at this house, would I want
2: everything to work? Of course you would. Right. Yeah. So, like light bulbs, they like light bulbs have to work. Yep. Um, you have that annoying socket that don't light socket that doesn't work or something like that. Just just think about the people walking through who expect everything to be perfect.
0: And then as they're walking through, are all the doors opening and shutting properly?
2: Yeah. Hmm. You know that. Do they shut? Well, you can buy the little st- the, the stuff to put on the hinges and so it doesn't squeak when they're opening and closing, which is great. It opens smoothly. But if they're out of a line and not lined up correctly, and even though it's not, a once again, not a big deal for you if you got to lift that door and kind of right, get it in right. there, um, I would highly recommend getting those doors adjusted because people may think, think it's a bigger problem at hand yeah, absolutely. that neither the foundation's bad but doors you know do do adjust over time uh i mean they they move over time but you have to get them adjusted but yeah that's that's a very valid point it's just little stuff like that that people would just be like oh man I, what's wrong here
0: hey you, you don't want them to just start questioning things don't give them anything to question
2: oh no absolutely not yeah. so
0: you, you you give them something to just start what's this, what's that, and start nitpicking things, and that's not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. But there's several more things on that list that people can go out and look at, right? Absolutely, and we'll post it out on the line, and go check it out. And Yeah, a lot of good suggestions, and probably some other things that can go on that list, but check it with your uh, real estate agent, and they can give you some more. But uh, we're going to go out the break, come back, and we're going to go over uh, some... Real estate industry lingo, and then talk about some debt to income ratio stuff, and wrap up the show. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio fifteen ten WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio fifteen ten WLAC. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. Hey, we're gonna get into a little industry lingo real quick, and you know, a lot of times people ask, or we, you always hear about the debt to income ratio, and they're not really sure what in the world we're talking about when we're when we're asking about or we're talking about debt to income ratio. Even worse, you use DTI. Yeah, DTI, exactly right. Like everybody's supposed to know what that stuff means. Yeah, DTI, LTV, PMI. You need need a
2: uh, like a little pocket dictionary to take with you when
0: people you're talking to your mortgage lender about this stuff. I mean, We have so many freaking uh, acronyms and everything else, it's insane. But the DTI, your debt-to-income ratio, is basically the, the ratio between your income and your debts. And the importance of that is, it's one of the major factors in your mortgage approval. And the front end of... You have basically have your front-end, your back-end, and the front is your mortgage payment, which is PITI, which is your principal interest taxes and insurance, and then the back-end is all of your other debts that are reported to the credit bureau, but that is just that in itself. That's reported to your credit bureau, and most of the time, your back-end DTI is somewhere between a 43 to a 50% of your gross monthly income. Goes to pay your bills. Goes to pay your bills. Well, so, if you made fifty thousand dollars a year,
2: they'd figure it out about twenty five thousand of that's going to go pay your bills,
0: right? And you know, we understand that you're going to have other things like utilities, credit card, and not credit cards, utilities, cell phones. Um, Groceries. Tuitions, groceries. Everyday living expenses. Yeah. That that stuff's in addition too. So that's why the DTI is maxed out somewhere between the forty two to fifty. Sometimes you'll get approvals that are slightly over fifty, but for the most part, that's a sweet spot. And so on. So that's what the DTI is. That's what we're looking for. And again, it's a primary qualifying criteria that we're looking for that goes into the formula of the whole nine yards. So that's what your DTI is and that's why it's important. And then uh, another key one is MI versus PMI, mortgage insurance versus private mortgage insurance It's relatively the exact same thing. You have monthly MI versus single MI, and monthly is basically where it's part of your monthly payment, whereas single MI gives you the option on conventional loans where you can pay more at closing to buy out of the MI. And not have it, or not have any monthly MI at all, and it reduces your monthly payment. So it's a. So when do you got to
2: carry mortgage insurance.
0: You have to carry mortgage insurance anytime that you don't put down twenty percent. Yeah, you don't put down twenty percent of. Um, you don't put down twenty percent on a loan. Down payment. Yeah, down payment. Thank so you. So,
2: if you have mortgage insurance, can you terminate it?
0: Depends on the type of loan. Okay. Uh, conventional, yes. Uh, FHA, no.
2: So on a conventional loan, you can terminate it once you get to eighty percent, right? Correct. Okay. So um, if you're uh, appreciating value at four percent on your chart.
0: then you go, go. It goes through, and you get the amortization chart. It tells you exactly when it'll it'll terminate. Okay. So yeah. you know, depending on you know your the the, the appreciation rates and stuff like that, it, you know, we determine way and what makes more sense. Whether mi uh, single mi or monthly mi makes more sense. But, yeah, it's just one of those things. You'd look at the numbers, and numbers, black and white numbers don't lie.
1: And that's why some people get confused with the 20% down number. They think that's what you have to have. That's only if you don't want to pay PMI. Correct. That's correct. Which is great if you can come up with that kind of money because that's going to save you basically paying insurance. Because it's the mortgage company saying – or the lender, rather, saying – um, we don't want you to walk away from this loan. And if you have no vested interest in it, in other words, you owe, you know, you gave $1,000 down on a $200,000 home, then that's not a whole lot of money to lose. Well, but if you put 40000 down, you're probably not going to walk away from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I mean, the the mortgage insurance only protects the lender back up to twenty, up to 80% of the loan value anyway. But at the same time, it's it's a policy that all lenders – By the lending laws that a buyer has to basically buy, it's a lending law requirement, but for the buyer itself or the buyer themselves, it's really the way I explain it to them, it's a waste of money for them. So, I mean, anytime I can help a buyer get out of the MI Mm -hmm. or reduce that MI cost to them, that's what I'm always trying to do, but yet at the same time, yeah, the sole benefit's to the lender on this deal. It's not any benefit to no, the buyer. No, it's a total expense to them as a buyer, and it's just a it's a way to you know we just got to mitigate that expense to the buyer as best we can. So, that's that's the whole goal is figuring out where is the cheapest route for the buyer to navigate the MI market.
2: So that's something that you try to help buyers do is if you're looking at it and there's any roadmap or scenario where oh, yeah. they can get out of the mortgage insurance, you provide them options to do yeah, that? Yeah, we
0: look at it. I mean, there's tons of tons of options when you're looking at a conventional loan. Um, I mean, there's more than just single MI. There's split MI. There's tons of stuff, which I don't want to get into in here because it'll, it'll confuse people. But there's literally dozens of options.
2: So if you are in a loan now and you had mortgage insurance, uh, there's a possibility they could refinance and get out of it. Would some scenarios that you could provide?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, with the way the market's appreciation, I mean, we're refinancing people even though they're going to a higher rate. If they, if they bought a house two years ago, even if they're going to a higher rate, they're dropping their MI, their payment's still cheaper. I mean, we're doing that all day long. I mean, it saves them tons of money because, again, their MI is doing nothing for them right now. It's a waste of money. They're taking that money and flushing it down the drain every month.
2: The rates still aren't high, so in this, some cases, they wouldn't even uh, – sometimes the rate would even be lower. Plus, they would get the rid of the mortgage insurance oh, yeah. as well.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a total makes sense. If you haven't looked at it, you need to give us a call and – We'll go through it for sure.
2: We had done a refinance the other day with a lady and they were refinancing their house and they were like at six and a quarter. And I'm going, Have you been under a rock for the last five years? Because the rates have been really low. And I know the costs, you know, the ref- there's always costs associated with that um, to do that, but it was still, the rates had been low. I couldn't, I, that's the highest I'd seen in a very, really long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, some people we talk to, it's just like.
2: Speaking of that what? 6% rate, I've got this book I keep in my desk. I've had it since I've started in the business almost 25 years ago and it's a pocket dictionary we we're kind of talking about that afterwards but it's got real estate terms in it but in the back it's got all these am schedules in it uh-huh. in the very first well, this is how it shows you how far back it goes the the the, the lowest rate it goes is seven <laughs> percent in the book yeah that's oh the lowest God. rate that it goes and it's got these charts to tell you what the payment would be based on based on the amount but yeah it starts at seven and goes wow. to like 16 or something like that and uh i always just kind of kick that out for the young folks and say, this is what life was really like. Um, um, in
1: the uh, early 90s, my parents bought uh, the current house, and uh, it was a 9% loan.
2: Yeah, this was it probably is. 92 when I started in the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so seven. it was a book I got from the company that I started with. I got like a welcome pack when I right, when I right. started on it at First American Title. I was a title underwriter, and, and that was this little pocket dictionary that had all the terms and stuff in it. And But yeah, 7%, and I, I just laugh about it, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, to think about that, I still think back to some of the programs. Um, I mean, we were talking, or I was talking with an underwriter earlier this week, and um, we, we were talking about um, a bank statement program. And, you know, it's basically that would have been under the the old Alta, you know, Alt-A kind of subprime yet kind of quasi-Alta, you know, not not a pro a paper stuff but you you know the ultra a stuff but yet you know just to think about that and the the fact that they're trying to bring some of that stuff back and some of that stuff's actually here but yet we're not picking it up yet cuz it's still just some of the stuff's just not I don't want to like say alternate it, lending guidelines yeah just this particular program just feels it just wow. doesn't feel right so we we, mean- wanna, we won't endorse it yet
2: yeah, I hope that we can avoid that as an industry because we got away from it, but we always seem to end up back in it. And, yeah. um It's it's you know I know people need help and people need these types of loans and and hopefully they're being if they are offering it they're being scrutinized uh,
0: to the point where they're really careful about it. But I I who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's the, like the hundred percent programs that we that we offer. There there's not that many of them. Um, This one particular program I was telling you about, I mean, it helps more of the self-employed borrowers, which there is there is a need to help the self-employed borrowers out there. But, you know, there's there's just some things about some of those programs that just don't feel right. Um, But some of these portfolio programs that we do offer through our bank, they they are more more of the, the 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 true a paper, the more the of the stricter guidelines, but yet they're they're responsible loans. They they follow the guidelines that are set out today for the ability to repay. So we follow that uh federal the uh, lending line that basically states that, hey, this borrower can show the ability to repay this loan. So it's not that, hey, just sign here, tell us how much you make. Oh, don't worry about that. Just tell us this amount. Oh oh just I argue yeah, with much. my dad
2: with this all the time because he's been self employed. I've been self employed for fifteen years myself and you know, he writes everything off, so it doesn't show that he makes any right, money. Right, right. And um, so he he had trouble qualifying for loans. And and to to his point that I agree with, he's like, I got a, you know, a the 30-year, 40-year track record of paying my bills on time. Right. You know, yes, I do write everything off, but um, I can't get anybody to touch me, you know, uh, from a loan standpoint uh, because it doesn't show that I make any money and and that should carry some weight. And I I do agree with that to a point um, to do that. I'm of the opposite mindset probably, uh, you know, where I – pay taxes and I show my income because I work in an industry where I realize you have to be able to prove mm-hmm. that you can actually pay somebody to do that nowadays. But for a lot of folks, they that's their business practice is to write a bunch of that off. And um, so, but yeah, I mean, maybe there's an alternative where people can have some sort of track record that allow for that.
0: Yeah, we're, we're trying to bring some of that back with 100% financing up to uh, $650,000 loan, uh, one loan at 100% financing. You can do... Um, that with MI regular MI or single MI, you can go up to eight hundred fifty thousand dollars at ninety-five percent financing. You can do doctor loans, to call you. yeah, doctor loans at seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Um, 100% finance. You can go up to $1.25 million at 95% finance. I mean, there's tons and tons of options that we can provide.
1: If your dad's still looking for a loan, have him call Mike.
0: Hey, come yes, on. With I him.
1: know. Now that we're talking about
0: it, <laughs> <laughs> where would he reach you at? Hey, call us up at Waterstone Mortgage here in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We got to go. Have a great weekend.